They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Pashery. I am joined by my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, CK and Joe Rodermill. Welcome back. Feeling extra sexy today. You look at looking extra I sexy know, as well. I know. Eyes faded at all. Yeah, those bedroom eyes. <laughs> They're beautiful bedroom eyes. Yeah. Imagine waking up to these. I know. I, I couldn't. Don't look at me. <laughs> No one, no one can withstand them. Never. Uh, also here with the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Monte Carlo, Monaco. Uh, this week we had Elimination Chamber, SmackDown exclusive event. Alo, would you like to go over our rating system yeah. before we jump into it? Yes, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it falls on in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. If it's an amazing show, it's a showstopper. So, with that being said, Joseph, what would you rate Elimination Chamber? Uh, it's probably um, somewhere in the middle. So you give it a uh, show style slobber knocker? I give it a strong slobber, uh, slobber knocker. Okay. Alo? Um, I'll give it a slobber knocker, too. No, nothing spectacular actually happened. The people we were with, they weren't even really paying attention. <laughs> yeah, you, you can say the that. Show, yeah. But, um... I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't really blame them because nothing, like I said, nothing spectacular happened. Nothing really made you want to watch and grab your attention the whole time. But the, the car was solid. Um, Luke Harper got you to care. He he made you look. He made you see why I we like him so much on this show. And the main event was the was what it was. People are happy about. It. We'll get into that in a little bit. Somebody. I may not like Bray, I might not care for Bray Wyatt, but I never will say he doesn't deserve it because he does deserve it. Yeah. But I think the show was was pretty solid. Like I said, nothing too, nothing horrible, nothing bad. So I'll just give it a clean slobber knocker. I go slobber knocker as well. I would put it on the strong side. I did think uh, the match quality was pretty good. I thought there were some pleasant surprises, and the era of Wyatt is upon us. Um, we might as well jump right into the Elimination Chamber I guess match. I, I guess I had to give you guys kudos. So you both were, were calling for a wide <laughs> victory here. and Yeah, I, the only worry, like Alo said, was that it's kind of what everybody thought was going to happen, so maybe we were all going to be wrong. Yeah, and then you look at the Orton-Wyatt kind of factor of it. It's not really a WrestleMania match that you're like, oh, i got to see that. Right. And not that it'll be a bad match, but it's not. No, but I, I, I think um, I think Alo might have made this point last week of um, – or maybe it was even somebody else. Like, how's Bray Wyatt going to be the champion at WrestleMania? But I think that's where the benefit of having Lesnar and Goldberg on the show is there are two names that people know that may be the actual last match of the night that they can market, which allows Bray Wyatt to be in this position because they're not depending on him to be the big draw. Um, I thought the chamber match was good. Um, I liked that... To win, he eliminated AJ and Cena back-to-back. Like, couldn't have made him look any stronger. There was no real funny business. He hit the Sister Abigail's kiss on both, uh, pinned them both cleanly. Um, I also thought that the padding around the outside of the ring was a benefit to the match. I think seeing it at first is like, why? Is, where's the steel grates? Yeah. Because that's what we're used to seeing. But I think it allowed for a lot more activity outside the ring that we wouldn't have gotten yeah. otherwise. Uh, like, Cena wouldn't have taken that bump straight to the steel. 
Uh, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that happened on that pad. There was some, some good bumps. It was a pretty solid match. Um, I was entertained. I mean, guys took chances. I, I think AJ took the brunt of the the um, spots in in, the, in this match, but overall it was solid. Well, the one off the turnbuckle was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, landed straight on his shoulder. Yeah, bounced off his shoulder. I thought he might have shoulder. separated his shoulder on that one. Um, the, the, oh, the biggest nitpick that I have out of this was just Corbin being the first one yeah, eliminated. I, I was shocked because I was I was saying that he should have came in last and just wreaked havoc on everybody. <laughs> I was just shocked he got out so quickly. But yeah. he did look strong by beating up Dean Ambrose in the Miz, just being ultimate heel, just mm. like, hey, he's, he's on the ground, I'll just pin him. Yeah, and it actually advanced that story yeah. within that match. Did, did you predict, Joey, Corbin going out first, or was that a surprise to you too? It was kind of surprising. I didn't expect it the way they've been building Corbin up in, in, in this last couple of weeks that he'd be the first one eliminated. But, I mean, it doesn't totally surprise me. I didn't I didn't see it coming. But Were you happy with the aftermath of him taking Dean Ambrose out behind the woodshed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, it didn't go quietly. And that's always good to see. Yeah. It keeps him kind of strong even though he's eliminated. Yeah, he lost in, like, a little bit of a fluky way. I think it was a schoolboy. Yeah, roll up. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I like the way that they kind of saved it in the end. Um, yeah, the match was good. It was long. It was like 35 minutes long. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was good, and I thought Bray Wyatt performed well. I thought he looked good coming out as the champion on SmackDown. Um, and I, I'm, I'm happy with where they've gotten this to go because that was my big hope. Does does the You Deserve a Chance at the end uh, do anything to tarnish Bray Wyatt's image? No, only because he's been getting cheered for the most part since his feud with Cena, I feel like. Yeah. Maybe even before then, but I definitely remember him getting cheered at WrestleMania. I, The night after WrestleMania, uh, when it was in New Orleans, after WrestleMania 30, I think they did a six-man tag. It was Cena and the Usos against the Wyatts, and that crowd was on fire for the Wyatt family. Um so I think Bray has been kind of a fan favorite for a while. And I think it, it plays a little bit into his image of they want you to think that he's getting people to believe in him, um, which I think it helps with that a little bit. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, Joey, how surprised were you that Bray Wyatt won? When it got down to those three, you obviously, I assume, thought Bray Wyatt was the least likely of the well, three. Well, my scale, I mean, maybe I didn't think he was, he was least likely, but I just didn't feel that that was the angle they were going to pull off for WrestleMania as far as the main title um, bout in WrestleMania. But, I mean, you guys pitched it. My friend Joe was was saying that he could see Mm -hmm. why it went in. So my surprise factor wasn't too high, but I'd give it a probably four. Okay, so you were surprised but not shocked. Because on my end, I thought either Cena was going to retain it or maybe AJ would regain it and kind of set up some kind of feud in that sense. But Yeah. You know, I got you. Sometimes when you're sexy, you're also you can't be right too. I mean, it's just, you can't be right every time. I, I, everything can't go right for they, you. They say there is a song that says some guys get all the breaks, but nobody gets all of them. No, um, that's just a load of yeah. Halo, <laughs> sir, your thoughts on the chamber match? It was okay. It was good. Um, yeah, the, the match was fine. I didn't have a problem with it. I don't mind the new chamber because, like you said, they were able to do more spots because that that's real steel. You go, you're falling on with, without the padding, but um. 
I, li- I always like the touch. I, I, they, I believe they've only done this once or twice. I know one time for sure with Sheamus that the champion wasn't in the final two. So you're always guaranteed a new champion. So yeah. that automatically invests you more yeah. into the match because you're guaranteed a new champion. And you're kind of curious who it's going to be. Yeah, because at the point, and it made sense, it was Bray and AJ. So it was like, okay... I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, the last two weeks on the show. Like, SmackDown, they could do so many so many fun stories with this if Bray Wyatt wins or if AJ wins. They could do so many fun stories because Randy Orton is in the Wyatt family. So with Bray Wyatt with the title, I was saying it wouldn't make sense because they've done nothing with Bray Wyatt for the last three or four years. And you want to put the title on him now before WrestleMania and put him in a marquee story. But like you said, in what WrestleMania has become, it's become like, hey, you're, you're in the opener, but you're still the main event. Yeah, that's that's been the thing for WrestleMania for the, for the last maybe six years essentially. So, but we're going to get something interesting going when we get a little bit further into the story because I'm really interested interested too because I didn't expect them to kind of pull that card so early. Neither did I. Um, the other thing that's good about the point you just made about them, the champion not being there in the final two, is in a long match like that. You might not be fully invested. If you're a casual fan watching it with friends, you might not be paying attention to it. But when you hear the uh, announcer say, you know, we're guaranteed to have a new champion, it might get you your yeah. eyes fixated back on on the rest of the match. Yeah, because t- I always say this. When you want ratings, this is why, like, SmackDown, we always get excited for ratings because this, we get, we're get we announced, like, title matches. Like, everybody wants to see title matches and titles change hands. Everybody wants to see it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you guarantee a new champion. It's like, okay, who's it going to be? Because you can make an argument for AJ. You can make an argument for Bray Wyatt. So it's also all about your preference, but I do like when they do that. They've no. only done it once or twice. Yeah, me too. And speaking of scheduled title matches, uh, Cena's rematch was scheduled for SmackDown. Uh, Bray opens the show. Addressing the crowd, saying that Sister Abigail only spoke the truth, and so do I. Um, he claims that he now has the whole damn world in his hands. Uh, basically says, I will lead you if you follow. If you don't, I will burn you to the ground. Uh, this is the era of Wyatt. At that point, John Cena comes out talking about how he has some supporters, but clearly they're all brainwashed. The the John Cena garb, yeah. the whole spiel. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about the whole you deserve it chant, how around here nobody deserves anything, you have to earn it. Um, we have this rematch, let's get to earning it right now. AJ takes exception, makes his way out, and says... There's no way you're getting a title match for me. Yeah, John, like, John isn't like us. <laughs> you're, you're not jumping in line tonight. Um, I deserve my rematch right here, right now, because I've, I've beaten you, John, several times, and I know for sure, Bray, I could beat you. Bray kind of scarfs at that. Uh, he does scoffs, I should say. He I does scarfs means and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, the beloved commissioner, and he comes out and makes it a triple threat, which the crowd is very happy about. I was um, shocked. Me too. Uh, here's a small detail. Interesting that Raw typically will open with the authority. Stephanie will come out first, or sometimes Stephanie and Triple H would come out first when they were both on the show weekly. I like that the talent is leading the show and the decision makers are only coming out to Settle. make matches or set up the show. They're not they're not the show. No. It's That's the way it should Daniel be. Daniel Bryan. That's the way it should be. Yeah, Daniel Bryan is just playing a part in the story. He isn't the story, which I liked. Um, we get a triple threat championship match between two the two former champions, AJ Styles and John Cena. The current champion, Bray Wyatt. Luke Harper. 
I think we even had mentioned that he, he may not necessarily totally be moved on from the Wyatt family yet. I think we know now that he is, as he comes out and lays ways to Bray Wyatt pre-match. Um, I thought this was a really fun match. It was fun. Uh, I was like, they got a 20-minute uh, match out of it. Two full segments. Um, Joey, did you enjoy the match? Were you yeah. happy that Bray retained? I was at this point. Um, now that they kind of set that ball in motion, I like when they I like when they have follow through. I like to see it, you know, kind of come to fruition and keep on that path. Um, and they've been doing, especially on SmackDown, doing a good job sticking to where they're going story storyline wise, which is always good for me. Yeah, yeah, same. Me as well. <laughs> yes, Alo. Yeah, I loved it. I thought that was a, a really fun match. You you wouldn't get that on Raw. Mm-hmm. If you got it for Raw, you get you would get a dragged out triple threat match. But I love the the, um, the including of Luke Harper because that's one whole story coming coming. Well, that that story is actually continuing. That he has a problem with with mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Like him just coming in and kicking or kicking Wyatt through his entrance. I thought that was awesome instead of him just interfering, regu- interfering regularly. Now, given all these details, is there a possibility that we see Luke Harper versus Randy Orton and, and Bray Wyatt, triple threat style? Well, that leads us to, um, I mean, the match ends. Bray, I love that he got the Sister Abigail's kiss on Cena again and got the one, two, three on Cena. Yeah, perfect. Could Even if they could have made him look any stronger, they, they found a way to do it. Uh, Randy Orton comes out and says, you know, I won the Royal Rumble. I have all the privileges that go along with that. But as long as you are the master and I am the servant, I I won't face you. I refuse to do it. And Bray says, you now have the keys to the kingdom, my friend. And they did their pose together. I, I thought that that meant... Bray was telling him, like, you've earned this opportunity to face me. Uh-huh. But obviously, Talking Smack told a different story. Yeah, because I was waiting for an RKO. Especially when I, I was wondering... What was well. the uh, different story that they, that they referred to in Talking Smack? So, in Talking Smack, Daniel Bryan makes mention to, if I have a challenger in Randy Orton who doesn't want the match, I can't force him to take the match. So, now they scheduled a battle royal for next week's SmackDown, winner getting the title shot at WrestleMania. So this could set up Luke Harper winning, and it could be Bray versus Harper. Maybe it ends up being a triple threat match. I really don't know. Maybe Randy Orton enters it anyway and wins again. Yeah, I, I think you can't hold dismiss the whole Royal Rumble winning. I, I, I think that would be an error to just judge, just, just dismiss that on WWE's part. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think they did it WrestleMania 30. Daniel Bryan doesn't win the Rumble and ends up in the main event. Um Last year, the Royal Rumble was for the title, so the winner of the Rumble didn't get a title shot that year either. Um, I don't know. Alo, I'm assuming you're aware of the Battle Royal. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think? Do you think Do you think Randy Orton is going to be in this match? Yeah, he's, he's going to be in the match somehow, some way, because for the last couple of months, we've been talking about how Luke Harper and the problems in the Wyatt family has been basically an accident. And how do you uncover this up? So they're kind of covering it up now. So Luke Harper, he's now, I guess, officially out the Wyatt family. Now mm-hmm. Orton doesn't want to face Bryce since Bryce the champion. Because we were saying, where are they going to go if Bryce the champion? So there's no SmackDown show until WrestleMania. Until WrestleMania. There's no more SmackDown pay-per-view. So you're actually giving us a story 
for Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Now, going to our, the Battle Royal next week when we reviewed um, No Way Out 2004, Eddie, when Eddie Guerrero got his title shot against Brock Lesnar, they, that was there was a SmackDown Rumble, and him and Kurt Angle they were the last two, and they basically had a match in yeah. the ring in that SmackDown in that SmackDown Rumble. Now, Luke Harper. He's amazing. We've been saying this for a long time. He's only been on a prominent spot on a pay-per-view card probably twice in his career. That was the TLC match against Ziggler about two or three years ago, whatever that was. And then this match, he's actually been been in a prominent role. I could see AJ winning because AJ still hasn't got his technical one-on-one rematch. Even Shane and Brian, Shane said, I mean, Brian did say, I didn't say that. And AJ's like, you did. But but they're also talking about how oh AJ may face Shane, but it's like okay. But if you put if if Luke if Luke Harper wins this this battle royal, do can you really see them actually putting that much faith in Luke Harper being a part of the world title match? Essentially, him who's he's he kind of has the same problem with Bray Wyatt. He's like he's really not done much Mm -hmm. in a prior role, but when he's given. The opportunity to, from an in-ring perspective, he delivers. And like I said, I'm always saying he's a better Bray Wyatt than Bray Wyatt if you allow him to be. So, to that point, I would have said no. I can't foresee them putting Luke, Luke Harper in that spot. But after Sunday, uh, watching the post-elimination chamber show, Daniel Bryan mentioned that William Regal said to him when Luke Harper got to NXT, or maybe it was still Florida Championship Wrestling at the time when he got there, to watch out for Luke Harper because this guy is magic. So Brian putting him over that way on that show, maybe that's saying they are ready to put that faith in him. Yeah, because yeah, it would make sense because like, those three have been like the focal story on SmackDown since essentially September and October. So it would make sense. I'm not saying it wouldn't make sense, but again – would you want to put Luke Harper in that prominent role? But the same, but at the same time, like you said, they don't view unless the title's on Cena or or Roman, they don't view the champion as that important because WrestleMania has like eight to ten main events. Right, and and also that gets back to the point of they have they kind of have protection for themselves and they can always have Brock and Goldberg be the main draw, which allows them as much as I hate that and I disagree with it. It puts them in a position where it gives them some leeway to do something that doesn't have to be a draw for the SmackDown, the, the WWE Championship, because they already have their main draw in Lesnar and Goldberg. Uh, we're talking about Luke Harper. He had a match with Randy Orton on the on Elimination Chamber, which I thought was a, an excellent match. It was excellent. It and, exceeded my expectations as yeah. far as a, you know, a match that probably wasn't the biggest on the card. No, and I don't think a lot of people really expected much for it. But and, and the credit that I'll give to them is obviously, and now I say this obviously, before what happened on Tuesday. Maybe now it doesn't look so obvious. No. But Randy Orton won the Rumble. So obviously he was going to be getting the title shot at WrestleMania. They were not going to have him lose, and everybody knew it. So a big part of wrestling would get you hooked is not... Sometimes not knowing what's going to happen. This match, everyone knew what was going to happen, but they managed to get the crowd on board with the match. It wasn't a hot crowd to start, but the last half of that match, the oh, yeah. crowd was completely... They got hotter as it went on. Yeah, so I give them both a lot of credit for getting taking the crowd along for that ride. Great match from both guys. That's all it is. You want to, you want to get everyone along for that ride, and yeah. they, they managed to do that. And I think that was a proving ground for Harper. You even, put him in even, there with a the guy even like me. Orton. Even me, I... 
It got a little warmer as it went on. Yeah. Well, even when you warmed up to it. Oh, I warmed up. Well, even when Harper is warm, baby. Even when, Har- when Harper isn't really put in a prominent role with the best guys, he he still delivers. Like I mentioned, the ladder match with with Dolph Ziggler at TLC of in TLC 14. Also, in earlier that year at Battleground, it, it, um, them and the Usos they had a tag team title match, which stole the show. It was the opening match on the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that. Now, one other thing um, that I liked about this was it didn't involve Bray Wyatt. I thought for sure yeah. he would play a part in the outcome of this match, and they let the two of them settle it themselves, which I was happy about because he didn't overshadow what those two guys mm-hmm. had just done. And then he obviously would get his moment at the end of the show. Um, I'm, I am curious to see where this goes because obviously – Harper and Orton are going to butt heads at some point between now and WrestleMania. You have to think Bray and Orton are going to at some point. Maybe Orton will resent Bray. Like, wait a minute, I earned this, and I shouldn't be just ceding it to you. I don't I don't really know what's going to happen, but I'm curious to see what Yeah, it'll be interesting. Go. Yeah, I think they set themselves up. They have time to build that story. Mm-hmm. So yes. who, don't fail me now. So who wins? Uh, at Mania or no, the, the Battle Royal? The Battle Royal. I mean, just going off of the same thinking that I had for the Elimination Chamber, I'm thinking uh, Harper. But I don't know. I mean, it could be anybody. My prediction may change before the end of the show, let alone before next week. But right now I'm going with Harper. Joey? I'm all about Harper Lee. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go with Luke Harper, and my second guess is AJ, but... They've been doing the they've been doing the obvious, and to actually give us more storyline with this story, I think the best route to go is Luke Harper. But I'm, I'm making the same arguments about Luke Harper that I did, that I did for Bray Wyatt winning the title. I'd probably say mm-hmm. Harper, and my second would probably be like Ellsworth. <laughs> Figures. Yeah. That's just who you really want to win. Wow. You've been wanting to see that. You you've been wanting to see those James Ellsworth championship side plates. Am, am I, since he debuted. Am I giving it away that much? No, and they'll just be two hands. Because any man with two hands has a chance. Um, How great would it be if the side plates was his f- the face? Oh, great. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, that'd be awesome. They already had the T-shirt with that in a circle. Yeah. So why not exactly. do that? That'd be awesome. It'll match his outfit. And I'd love to see them chiseled into gold. Um, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Um, I'm talking to you, Donovan. <laughs> well, um, Donovan Lord, that lawyer with no, no relation, he wants me to stop hating on Bray Wyatt. So, I, you know, I give credit. He also has a title shot. Yeah, he does. They all, they all do. Yeah, <laughs> lining up for they're, it. They're all lining up. Like we said, go to Big. Bangor, Maine, <laughs> then come back to Delaware. Big E look alike. And take it and take it up with my manager, the <laughs> premier manager. Go ahead. The premier manager. The yes. premier manager. Yeah. So I've been. So my thing with Bray Wyatt is, I'm not one of those. And these smart guys are like, oh, well, he's not Sammy Zayn. Like, I got into this whole thing even by Roman Reigns on, on Instagram. This is why mm-hmm. I hate Instagram and, and posting things and commenting. Yeah. I hate it so much. But my thing with Bray Wyatt is he's not, a, he's not the most spectacular in-ring worker. Mm-hmm. But in the WWE, it's character-driven. So it, when he's not doing anything important, the matches fall flat. So, when, so my argument always has been, I'll say, when he first came in, they threw him with Kane. Those matches weren't good. Then he was with Punk and Brian against the Wyatt, against the Beard and the Best. That's what they called themselves. Mm-hmm. And then he had a match with Brian at the Rumble where Brian, Daniel Bryan basically killed himself to make Bray Wyatt look like the second coming of mm-hmm. Bret Hart out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he had the Cena stuff, which was all story, which was all storyline driven because like even the cage match, that was like that match 
didn't have like a great feeling to it, but you just could tell the story. And then after that, I've always said, you feed him, you you you, you feed him to a star, you, he loses, and then he does nothing else, and you don't care. He just falls off. It's like, okay, what is this? So basically, you're judging a match off. You're judging a match off of nothing. When there's no story to it, you're just judging a match off just wrestling. Yeah. And even WrestleMania 31, the following year, he fought the Undertaker. That match wasn't good because he's the Undertaker. Undertaker has to be at this point. The Undertaker has to be in there with somebody who actually go. And Bray Wyatt's not that kind of guy. Especially and, he had an ankle injury that he suffered that day. Yeah, doing his entrance or mm-hmm. whatever he did. And then two months later, I was at Payback where he fought Ryback, and I literally fell asleep until Ryback did that. <laughs> well, that's Ryback. Yeah, that was like every one of his matches. Well, he was flyback at that. Time. Yeah, yeah, flyback. Yeah, and then a, mo- two, a month and a half later, the he, big guy. Yeah, and then a month and a half later, he's fighting Roman for four months. First, it was about Roman's daughter, and then it was about anybody but you, Roman. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like, it just went on too long. And then after that, he did nothing. He, he faced the brothers of destruction, and. They're not at this point. They can't work with guys like the Wyatt family, other than Luke Harper, who's right. not who's an amazing worker, as we've just noted. So my thing is, when you do something, do something interesting. This is what I said on Instagram. When you do something interesting with the guy and with storyline driven, I can get behind it because that ma- the match at Backlash. I mean, I know mercy between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. It wasn't great at all. It, from an in-ring perspective, but there wasn't much of a story. But now I'm more invested because if you throw in Luke Harper in there, you actually have a, a whole story that's been building for essentially, at that point, what, seven, six, seven months? Mm-hmm. So I'll have something to beep behind him. And then another thing is, a benefit from him being on SmackDown is, since SmackDown's a shorter show, he could just talk for five minutes and not 15. Yeah, that opening segment I think was like nine minutes long or something. Yeah, and it wasn't even all it wasn't even all him because I had that same grip with everybody else because I remember we went to Raw before TLC before we even started the show mm-hmm. and you text me Raw tickets are on sale. I was like, do we really have to go <laughs> and do I have to really watch Seth Rollins cut a twenty minute promo? Yeah. Because but but the thing is, when you who's actually going to cut a good promo being out there for twenty minutes? Honestly, nobody. Yeah. Exactly. So, he, so now he's on SmackDown, short, shorter show, talks for five minutes, gets to the point, doesn't repeat himself, and it's simpler. And I'm giving Bray Wyatt credit. He, I'm actually interested in Bray Wyatt right now. So, so Donovan, I speak fluent ALO, and to kind of break it down for you, I'm sorry I put my foot in my mouth. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the lowdown, no relation, we'll, we'll enjoy that. Um, I'll wake up to a response. Yeah, you will. Um, women's matches, we had a women's title change. I believe I alluded to the possibility of this happening in the last two weeks. Um, Naomi gets her first championship reign. Your, your face felt the glow it did. after that happened. I was very happy for her. I was <laughs> you very you were glowing? Your face was glowing? It was. I was very happy for her. She's been there for eight years. Uh, she's been never really utilized to the best of her ability. Um, and how happy she was to win it. Uh, the fact that there are a lot of a lot of women I know who look at her as like an inspiration. I yeah, I, I was really happy for her. Um, nothing against Alexa Bliss; she's been a great champion. Still gets better every week. I praise her every week we come on this show. But I, I thought Naomi deserved it. I liked getting to see her win it. Um, and I think I alluded that they may do it because it was Black History Month, and they like to make a social media buzz, which they did. But I want to be clear that that's not the only reason why she won it. I think she legitimately. Deserved it on her own merits. Uh, wasn't the cleanest match I've ever seen. No. Especially the end. That last 30 seconds was yeah. really sloppy. But you can say the same thing. I mean, Seth Rollins injured Finn Balor at SummerSlam. 
Samoa Joe injured Seth Rollins in his debut. A lot of these high-profile matches have some sloppiness to them, so I'm not going to give them too hard of a time about it. I was happy about it. I don't know where they're going. I don't know. I assume if she still has it in Orlando, she'll lose it in her hometown. Because <laughs> WWE loves to do it. If she but makes it that far. If she yeah. makes it that far. But, yeah, I, I, I was happy. I thought it was a great moment. Who I knows when she she'll wrestle it. again at this point. Yeah, well, I don't even know if that's, like, a real legitimate injury, is it? I don't know. Because Alexa's saying I give you, she gave her one week. Mm-hmm. Even on Talking Smack, she said the same thing. From what I hear, it's a legitimate injury. Yeah, I, don't, I was under the impression that it was probably not. But I really don't know either way. Uh, hey, I'll go to you first. What? How disappointed are you? I was shocked. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, what? They really gave it to Naomi. <laughs> I, was, I was completely shocked. I, I, really, I, really, just, I, I really couldn't believe it. Alexa, Alexa Bliss, she's been killing it ever since she stepped foot on SmackDown Live. I've been saying that since July. And She did hold it for longer than Becky did. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Was it that? No, Becky... That wasn't three months yet. I don't know. I read that that said she held it. People are complaining that she lost it already, but she held it longer than the first champion. Really? Well, you know what? Becky, wasn't she stripped of it at some point? No, Becky was hurt, but she didn't get stripped of it. All right. Well, we we may have to investigate that. But I I did read that somewhere. Can we have a statistician on our (laughs) our, our payroll or no? Well, she she may have. She may have because... um, Because Becky lost... I'm getting the no. Becky, (laughs) Becky lost the title... In the front, I think the first week of December, so she might have her there. But I thought the promo even like Naomi is a baby face on the microphone. You know, I'm no fan. Alexa, mm-hmm. Alexa destroyed her on the mic. Did she it, ever? It was it was ridiculous. It's like she didn't know really what to say. And I love the the air quote saying snatch. <laughs> I'm popping that. The thirty for thirty. The thirty for thirty lights out the failure of Naomi. <laughs> even on talking smack, she was saying, I don't know what she's celebrating. Eight yeah. years of failure. Mm-hmm. I've been here for less than a year. It took me what five months to become SmackDown Women's Champion. So, I love the promo. Alexa got to, Alexa destroyed Naomi because, like I said, Naomi is a babyface on the microphone does not work. And I'm looking forward to what they do next week because Alexa is saying next week you either face me or you, or I'm, or I'm going to make it, your injury legitimate and you can give me my title back. Uh, I just looked it up. Becky Lynch held it for 14 days longer than Alexa okay. Bliss. So what I read was clearly fake news. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> yeah, probably. You got swerved. I did. Uh, Joey, your thoughts? Uh, a little bit of shock, a little bit of disappointment, and it's nothing against Naomi because I did. Li- I do like her in work, in ring work. Um, I feel like she needed more character development. I feel like they haven't put a lot of time behind her, and I was kind of feeling the way Bliss, and she was kind of carrying the title right now. So, I mean, balls in Naomi's court. Let's see what you can do with it. Yeah, you're, I, I do feel like it was a little rushed. Rushed. Not like it was like a long. And the match period. itself wasn't like like you said it was a little sloppy okay. at times. It wasn't what I come to expect out of women's title matches over the last I don't know how many months three four. Yeah, we've months. gotten a lot. A gotten lot some of solid it. matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am happy for her. and and one thing I will give her while she may not be the best babyface promo in the company, I did enjoy her interview segment after the match. Like the real emotion, her real reaction to the you deserve. Oh, talking smack. No, with with Renee Young in ring after she won the title. Oh, okay. You always get a little watery eye when these uh these real promos cut, huh? I do, cause it, like you it, big old softy. You, 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 you see what it you see what it means to them. You big softy. Yeah. You. Uh, so Just a cutty teddy bear. <laughs> don't don't uh, be a, don't be a baby face like my best friend is. <laughs> Turn over new lease. <laughs> yeah. Well. Do, do you want to discuss that yet, or no? Okay, <laughs> you'll keep it to yourself for now. I'm a bit jealous, but he's still my best friend. 
You jelly, bro? Yeah, I'm a little jelly. <laughs> uh, Becky Lynch and Mickey James opened the show. I thought this was a good match for both of them. Uh, I like that while Mickey lost, she didn't lose in a way that kind of took anything away from her. It was kind of more of a surprise loss. Yeah. Um, and we got a rematch of it on SmackDown. Uh, and it kind of flipped. Did we all predict, predict Mickey to win? I did. I'm sure you did, too. I did. Do you remember, Joey, what you predicted? I'm pretty sure I picked Mickey as well. I think we all went Mickey because we figured, like, Becky didn't really need the win at this point. And, you know, it's good yeah. to get Mickey James coming in look, looking like a force. Yeah, because Mickey I mean, didn't win a match yet. We yeah, kind of got that on uh, SmackDown mm-hmm. the following night. So. Yeah, uh, an Oscar-winning performance by <laughs> Mickey James. Yeah, I mean, she sold it. a possible separated shoulder. My problem is, how many times is Becky Lynch going to fall for that? <laughs> That's my thing. They make her look so stupid. Becky's too gullible. She does it all the time. You know, that's WWE Babyface 101. Is the, the the cleaner of a babyface you are, the dumber you are. Well, they could use that because isn't that what kind of what Bliss did to her too? And, yeah. And they're kind of on the same team. Yeah, even like the stuff last year, I think, was Charlotte. Charlotte faked an injury or something like that to beat Becky, I believe. But how many times is Becky going to do that? She's like the most... Gullible baby face ever. She's too busy thinking up new puns <laughs> to uh, to worry about yeah, she, being tricked. She can never think. She's like, all right, it happened once. It won't happen again. Yeah. Uh, How long do you think this story goes on? Well, it seems like they carry this story, uh, I would think, up until WrestleMania. So I'm thinking for another... Six weeks, seven weeks, I guess. It well, maybe I, I, maybe I don't think it'll go the entirety of the six weeks, but I'm, I'm thinking four. So, okay, so we'll get it for another, for the, the rest of the... Into well into March, you think? It's my it's my thought process on this. Nayla, what do you think? And is this a story we need to see for much longer? Well, you'll probably get you'll probably get it. Well, you they're they're, they're saying one one, so you'll get a, you'll get the payoff match, and then a, you know you'll get the six women the six women six pack challenge for the for the women's title at WrestleMania. Yeah, the SmackDown Women's Division match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that happening. Um, speaking of another storyline that. It has been carrying on for a while and will. Natalia versus Nikki Bella. Uh, we got no finish in the Elimination Chamber match, correct? Yeah. Was it a double count out? Double yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we got another brawl with the two of them. Um, fought all the way backstage. Maurice ended up caught up in the crossfire. We've heard whispers that there are possible plans of a WrestleMania match. A mixed tag between John Cena and Nikki. Versus the Miz and Maurice. Ayla, was that them setting that up, or I believe so because I, I I believe in this match that next week in the Falls Count Anywhere match, I believe Maurice actually gets involved because there's no reason to actually have Maurice actually ra- like randomly there, getting not getting not getting powder knocked on powder getting knocked on her. So there's no reason to actually to have her of all people just randomly there. So that actually meant something. Um, Joey, what do you think? Fortunately, it kind of seems like that's that's the kind of the route we're going to take now. That's not what you want to see? Oh, yeah, no. No. You think there are better things The Miz and John Cena could be doing at WrestleMania? Especially The Miz. He was on such a high when he was, you know, carrying the title and doing some great um, mic work and just selling the Intercontinental title. And then to be involved in this seems kind of like a step, step backwards <laughs> in my mind. Uh, I need a prediction from both of you. Ayla, you can say what you're going to say okay. first, though. I need a Miz TV with Nikki Bella. <laughs> the Miz is going to destroy her. Because, like, there were two things. I, I want to see, like, 
I want Nikki to work with Alexa Bliss because Alexa Bliss will destroy her mm-hmm. to, even more the way Natty and um, Carmella did yeah. on the mic. For sure. But The Miz, he asks the hard questions. He does. <laughs> yes. Uh, prediction, Joey. Will, after the John Cena and Nikki Bella win their WrestleMania match <laughs> against The Miz and Maurice, will he get down on one knee and propose to Nikki Bella? I'm going to go with a uh, hard no. Halo? John Cena's not marrying that girl. <laughs> so you, you're on, on board with Natty. The that's ultimate it, heel. That sounds a little bitter. The ultimate heel. It sounds a little... He is, in real life, he is. Total Bells is now Miss, available. Mr. Make-A-Wish. Total Bells is on WWE Network, Ron. Is it really? Yes, yeah, the ultimate heel. I've seen bits and pieces of it, and he is a real heel <laughs> on that show. So good. Not setting the best example for our youth yeah. on that show. So good. Um... I unfortunately am like thinking it's a coin flip. Uh, are we still are we still thinking that this is going to be like a uh, go home match for for Nikki? Um, I think she's going to take a break. I don't think she's going to retire. Yeah. Um, but I am excited at the prospect of a Falls Count Anywhere match. One, I thought that was a great performance from Daniel Bryan of him just losing his patience with them and making it a Falls Count Anywhere match. Well, I was like, why, why you, you're Daniel Bryan? Why are you calling for security? <laughs> because I think, in it, it, to the defense of whoever wrote it, you're right. He could have separated that, but I think they're trying to put over just how much these two cannot stop. To where security has to pull and them apart. Daniel Bryan's got a partially healed neck. You can't. He can't be getting involved in there, even though uh, he, he just can't risk it. Yeah, I like. I like the fire that he had in that though, and I like the prospects of that match because this has been a very physical feud for the last three weeks, if not even longer than. It got that. really physical at the, uh, the the pay per view match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, a couple I'm hard spots. To it. And I assume that will be the end of that. Yeah. Um, tag team turmoil. <sighs> Do you have any positive thoughts about it? It ended. <laughs> it ended with American Alpha as the champions. Joey, your thoughts on tag team turmoil? I have some positive thoughts. Like you said, American Alpha still retained the title. They made them look stronger as a tag team, too, because the Usos jumped them, and they still managed, even though I thought they were setting them up to lose, like making them look good but still lose, managed to pull off the match. Um, so I think they made them look better. They finally started giving them a little more of a push Kind of what I wanted before they gave them the titles. Yeah, I, I thought it was good for them to win it. They went through, what, five other teams? Four other teams? Mm-hmm. Five other teams? Um, and they got jumped, too, so I mean, yeah. it makes them look better. Yeah, in the middle of the match. Um, on SmackDown, they defended their titles against uh, the Ascension. No, no, non-title. Non-title match, okay. But they won the match. Yeah. Um, the Usos appear on screen. And cut a promo against American Alpha. A line that I loved. Basically, you know, when you're worried about somebody sneaking up on you from behind or however they worded it. It's not paranoia, it's the Usos. I love that. I thought it was a great line. And I hope that they let the Usos make a run at these guys. Yeah, because... I um, think this would be a fun feud. Yeah, because they're actually referring back to when they took out Gable's leg at No, Mer- at no Mercy mm-hmm. in, in, in October. And that's on the scheduled live event tours, American Alpha and the Usos. So you'll get that for the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a f- huge fan of it because once they kind of turn the Usos... I mean, they were getting kind of stale. I was a fan of their new angle, and I was a fan of them as heels. And then they kind of just disappeared into the background for a while, so it's good to kind of revisit that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, and I think I think it'll be fun. And I'm assuming 
I'm hoping anyway that that's the, the SmackDown tag match we get at WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't want to see 100 teams in it. That's what I'm worried about. We're going to get the entire tag team division and the entire women's division in a match. On the pre-show. Especially when we've already seen these. Not You know, we saw the entire women's division in a women's match at what? Was it TLC or I forget what paper Survivor was. Series? Might have been. That wasn't Survivor Series. Oh, Backlash. Was it Backlash? Yeah, for, for the Crown of Women's Champion. Well, the only, okay. the only upside to that is that you're, if they do that whole division, your boy Bree Zango has a chance. <laughs> That's true. I would I like to see them get more of a chance. I want, the, I want them to break up so bad and you got Tyler Breeze by himself. I'd be cool with that too, but I think they could actually do something fun with Brizango. Just the fact that one, I don't know if you saw it, but one of the tickets that uh, Fandango dropped on whoever it was, I don't remember, one of the tickets just said ooh on it. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did. did. (laughs) Like, that's incredible. Because I found it funny, he was wrestling with the tickets in his pocket. Yeah, he's sticking out of the front of his pants. But yeah, he dropped all those tickets on him, and there was like a close-up shot I saw somewhere. The one just said "ooh" with like three W's. <laughs> like, make use of that. It's funny. It's entertaining. Uh, yeah, are they going to be a dominant tag team? Of course not. But you could at least do something fun and enjoyable. Could have a good run. Yeah. Um, we had the handicap match: <sighs> Dolph Ziggler against Kalisto and Apollo Cruz. Ziggler, in the most heelish of ways. Takes out Kalisto, basically has a one-on-one match with Apollo. Kalisto comes down, they get the win over Ziggler, and then Ziggler puts a beating on the two of them. Uh, match I didn't really need to see. No, this this didn't really make any sense. Because the point of taking out Kalisto was to make it basically a one-on-one, and you, and you look like a strong heel and actually win the match. But you don't. Kalisto comes back, and you lose the match. So this match was basically pointless for Dolph Ziggler. He didn't find the answer in this match. No, he did not. I'm glad he didn't. He never will find the answer. But uh, it just doesn't make sense to me that the heel is fighting two. Like, why would you have the heel be outnumbered? It's completely goes against everything. In yeah, it's just no way. It's not how you do it. It's not, and it, it's no help to anyone here. Like you said, it didn't. What did the match do for anyone? Uh, doesn't make Cruz look better. It doesn't make Kalisto look better, and it doesn't do anything for Dolph Ziggler. It's just a match. Yeah. And, right. Yeah, and Dolph take out Kalisto, and Kalisto don't come back. That's how you book it. <laughs> but for whatever reason, they have Kalisto come back, and they win. They, yeah. beat, they beat Dolph. It makes no sense. Right. Uh, we did get a little follow-up on SmackDown with Miz's interview with Renee Young. Uh, I actually liked a little bit of this promo. Which which promo? The Ziggler promo. Okay. The interview he did with, uh, with Renee Young, where basically he said, there's this new generation that's coming along, and... They think they can surpass me, but I'm going to spend all my time single-handedly wiping out the entire next generation. No one can steal the show like me, and no one's going to steal my place. It's like, okay, maybe they're laying the seeds for him doing something of significance. I don't know. He's got a long way to go. you got to climb that ladder. He does have a long way to go. Hopefully he gets there. Um, we didn't make mention yet of Carmella and... James Ellsworth sitting in the skybox throughout the Elimination <laughs> Chamber show with Dasha frequently coming back to them, getting their thoughts on what had happened. Um, I thought it was funny. Um, I missed a lot of those. It, it was funny. I, I, know you said, I know you said she was on the pre-show. I missed that. I, I meant to watch her before I came, but I missed that. Yeah, too. she was on the panel for a little bit um, with our favorite Sam Roberts. Um, on SmackDown, this got intertwined with 
Ambrose and Corbin. We mentioned they set up that storyline at the pay-per-view. Ambrose shows up looking for Corbin. Um, he happens to find Carmella and Ellsworth. <laughs> and I loved... Um, she won that she wants to keep it professional. I think you're cute, but I want to keep it professional. That Ambrose says, let me give you a nickel's worth of advice. She's using you and she's no good for you. Why don't you try online dating or something like that? Um, Carmella obviously takes exception. Says, James, I need you to do something about this gas station attendant. <laughs> Daniel Bryan shows up. Ambrose basically begged, can I just kick this guy's butt tonight? And he makes a match for the two of them. To which James Ellsworth is not too happy. Not nearly as happy as JBL was. This match was <laughs> Maybe the first time JBL was ever happy to see Ambrose because he thought he was going to beat up Ellsworth. Um, I loved Ellsworth's little promo. Uh, don't boo her. Her only boo is me. Um, Corbin takes Ambrose out. Ambrose unable to compete. Ellsworth lives to fight another day. But I think without doing much, they actually did a lot to, to move this forward even further. They did. Uh, they got some sympathy for Ambrose. They made Corbin look even stronger. He tells Dasha when she asks for an explanation, no explanation is needed. This is what I've been doing the whole time I've been here. And, you know, why did I do it? Because I'm Baron Corbin. <laughs> and upset. Thought it was great to the point. Uh, and I love that SmackDown does so much more with so much less. Yeah. They build their characters. They have secondary stories, uh, main stories, guys you can get behind, and you guys you wouldn't, you could see jumping into the title picture, even if they're not. Right. Um, so that does it for SmackDown. The last thing I'll ask both of you: Do you think it's a positive or a negative for SmackDown that they have nothing pay per view wise until WrestleMania? Like it's nothing but build to WrestleMania for them. Is that too long? Or do you think it's good that they have time? With the current state where we're going, with the storylines that we have in place, I think it's a good thing that they don't have a pay-per-view. They let off that pay-per-view and they have plenty of time to pitch the stories they want for WrestleMania. Halo? Um, in certain divisions, I think it's a good thing. Some it's a bad thing. For example, the WWE title scene, I think that's a good thing because if Luke Harper does win, you can... um actually tell a long story with with Randy Orton getting back his championship match in in making that a, whatever whoever wins that battle royal making a triple threat essentially now for the intercontinental title scene with Corbin I love what they did on Smackdown because remember the 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 best detail they did <coughs> Ambrose was the one looking for Corbin Corbin wasn't looking for Ambrose they didn't mm-hmm. show Corbin all night until then and in that deep six through the table onto the amp was amazing. (laughs) Just to spin off of it, I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. that was awesome. The deep six really sells. It does. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, and and Baron Corbin, he has so much charisma, you could tell he he has it. Mm -hmm. And he he didn't really even have to speak, just him walking away smiling. He has what? It. (laughs) Like, just him walking away smiling was perfect. Mm -hmm. But, now see, that story, that might suffer, because that might suffer as well, because... Ambrose is still on TV, and you know that's going to be the main match. Now, whether or not it's going to be a multi-person match for that title, for the Intercontinental title, or what, we don't we don't know yet. But we know, like, I don't know if you can actually prolong Ambrose and Corbin another what four or five weeks. Well, it's the first weekend of April. It's at least six weeks they have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the one good thing that I just thought of about this brand split is. The rosters may not be deep enough for them to do all these six-man matches. Like, some of them might have to be one-on-ones. They may not have enough guys to go around. 
But I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll find out on April 2nd if that's the way they go with it. Um, that brings us to Raw. Yes. I think the biggest story on Raw was the Festival of Friendship. And the one thing I want to say, I didn't really know exactly what to expect. <laughs> My worry was that they were going to try to do a 2017 version of Rock, This Is Your Life. Too campy. That would, yeah, that would fall short because it's one of the greatest, se- you know, most fabled segments in Raw history. Um, but they managed to do, a lot of people don't like the whole quote-unquote sports entertainment thing. They want it to just be pro wrestling. This was a case where they did sports entertainment right. <laughs> they gave you comedy. They gave you serious. They gave you physical physicality. They gave you violence. They gave you sadness. I, I was legitimately sad. <laughs> when Jericho walks out with puts on the little hat oh, and he's good. dancing with the girls. So good. As soon as Kevin Owens walks out and he looks not that into it. I immediately felt bad for Jericho. So good. Because he was so excited, Owens was so not. As the segment went on, and Owens still not really excited. And eventually Jericho realizes, I'm like feeling even worse for him. Then obviously we get the turn. <laughs> where Owens, we have the unveiling of the list of KO and Jericho's face. Hey, why is my name on this list? I gotta say so about that. Yeah. That the reveal was shot perfectly because mm-hmm. why am I you on see this the list? KO come and he up. looked it up yeah, slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, Jericho was brilliant in the like I said, funny. He tugged at your heartstrings. Like the beating was like heartbreaking to watch. Um but it was preceded by a whole lot of laughs before that. I don't know if it's Jericho's acting lessons. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's just that good. <laughs> he is that good. But when whenever he comes back, he's all, immediately the most beloved babyface on the Raw roster. Yeah. Booking one-on-one. Per- they they, got, booked it they got more sympathy for Jericho in three minutes on Raw than they've been able to get Roman Reigns in the last three years combined. Yes. I, I, I was amazed by it. <laughs> And I, there were points when I was like, some people may not like this segment, but the way it ended, I was like, they could not have really pulled it off. And he, I mean, that the, the the he had this sculpture commissioned by Ralph Guggenheim, <laughs> and it's the art of Jericho sculpted in man. Seven thousand dollars. Yeah, when, he could twist when, that in so many different ways. But no one's didn't like the portrait, kinda... and he said, "I have kids at home, Chris. You're not wearing pants. It's art. You don't need pants." <laughs> Like, there were so many great lines in there. Him dancing and smiling. With the showgirls. Yes, it was so great. Oh, my God, so good. Uh, he owned, yeah, the, the creation of Kevin. Um, Friendship the Magician. Oh, God. Uh, he made the list. Yeah, he made the list. Uh, called out Goldberg, and we got Gilberg. I could not have been happier to see Gilberg. That's my favorite thing about Goldberg coming back, was I got to see Gilberg. You get to see Gilberg unveiled. and Were you surprised yeah. by Gilberg? Uh, did, did they pull I, the rug? I'll be honest. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. Because in my mind, I was thinking, I was like, Goldberg's not scheduled tonight. And they definitely would tell us if Goldberg's going to be on there because they think that means ratings. So I just, uh, in my mind, I just thought, oh, Goldberg's just not going to come out. Because didn't that happen to him on WCW once? What? Where he called out Goldberg on a night he wasn't yeah. there and he just kept waiting for him to come out. Uh-huh. He wasn't there. Um, so I just thought he was never going to show up. So maybe I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. And I was so excited. <laughs> you now, marked out. I really did. Uh, did it, Actually, one more thing I want to say before I get your opinions. 
when they show Jericho getting pulled out, brought out on the stretcher. My heart sunk even more. And then Graves, who's the heel, is putting over, like, how upset, upset. There's a point when I was like, Graves almost looks like he's going to cry. No, I love that because they were all in shock. Yeah. And they were all, like, felt for Jericho. He was so great. Um, so with that, I loved it. I thought they hit every note they needed to hit. Uh, they put And they gave us back Kevin Owens. Yes. Like, by the end of that, we had the Kevin Owens that we all fell in love with two years ago. So, Joey, did this match hit the notes, or did this segment hit the notes for you that it hit for me? Before I get into my, my segments, mm-hmm. my, my notes here, um, is it possible that you have uh, somewhat of a man crush on Jericho here? Because it seems like you're living and dying on the emotions um, of Jericho, man. It's not a man crush, but he, but here's what it is. I th- and I think I mentioned this before, how I loved Jericho back in the day. He was the only thing I liked about the Monday Night Wars era of WCW. I was super excited when he got there and everything they ultimately did with him. And then when he was coming back, you know, he lost the uh, the tights. He lost the long hair. And I was like, this is not my Chris Jericho anymore. And that's how I felt. I was like, anytime he came back, I was like, eh, it's not my Chris Jericho anymore. Kind of how HBK says I don't miss wrestling because what they do now isn't what I did. I was like, this isn't my Chris Jericho anymore. This year, I got my Chris Jericho back. <laughs> and I've been he's made me so happy week in and week out. <laughs> so it's not a man crush. It's a man crush. It's not a man crush, but it's like everything I loved about Chris Jericho has been at the forefront this past year. And we got a whole year of it. That we did. We did. So so that that's my answer to that. That's that's elaborate answer. Take of it what you I, like. I appreciate that. If that's a man crush, I'll, I will drink that in. And so be it. And if having a man crush on Jericho is wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> All right. But yeah, it, it was a, it was a good segment, and it kind of kind of caught me off guard with the Kevin Owens turn, um, but in a good way because, like you said, this is the Kevin Owens that I wanted. It's. Um, as entertaining as Kevin Owens, Jericho. Kevin Owens that you needed. Yes, <laughs> not what I wanted, but what I needed. <laughs> and um, although Jericho and Kevin Owens were entertaining, mainly a lot of Jericho, mm-hmm. uh, it's not what I expected. Kevin, Kevin Owens, I expected or kind of, kind of think was good for the title. It kind of put the title in the background. Mm-hmm. So. And it made it less serious. Yes, it. yes, sir. I agree with that. The title um, made the list. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it may have. It may be on the list now, especially for Jericho. Uh, Alo? Jericho. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, I could. Hold on, you got a little Jericho in your chin. Let me get that. <laughs> Perfect. I, like, I, when he came out dancing, that was it. It was so good. I could not stop laughing. Angel was like, "You la- are you okay? You're laughing. I'm like, look, the, the, I don't rewind, but this is perfect. I, it was so good. He was so, ha- so happy. The, the, the art of Jericho, the, the, the birth of Kevin, yeah. perfect. You, you couldn't like, make book this any better. And like you said, we got the Kevin Owens that we fell in love with. Because even I, when you first start the segment, we talked about him just picking up the list. He's like, I need a new list. It's getting banged up because yeah. it really is getting banged up. It's been in matches. It's using weapons. So it's actually getting banged up. Then he just, the, um, the reveal of it's a list of KO and Owens just made that face and that's the face we saw in NXT when we all fell in love with Kevin Owens. You got the apron powerbomb. Yeah. And like, it just built so much sympathy for Jericho because those two have, were gold. The build to their matches might not have been great but they've been excellent and the build, and they've been so good. Together and now, another thing is we got we haven't 
talked about was why? Because essentially, I think we were gonna get this after Owens and Goldberg because I think I thought that Owens would lose to Goldberg. That was my thought. Is mm-hmm. kind of be. Yeah, I thought we would get this after Owens and Goldberg because Jericho's the one who put um, Jericho's the one who put Owens in that match. So what I think happened was, remember, Triple H said, "I gotta talk to you." So what I'm thinking is, what I'm thinking is, is that Triple H is like, look, remember, Triple H gave Kevin Owens, basically handed Kevin Owens the universal mm-hmm. title. Like, look, I want you to be my guy. You, you, you come with me, me and Joe. I guarantee you that you'll still be universal champion. So that's what I was gonna and ask. Be do, you, do you think we'll get a stable of? Triple H leading his two NXT destroyer because that's Owens was the NXT destroyer before Samoa Joe was the NXT yeah. destroyer. Yeah. So do you think that's what we get as a stable with those three? Yeah, I think we get something some, something close to that. Maybe nothing official, but I do think you'll see those two, those three together. And I don't know if I'm not sure how Owens gets versus Goldberg is going to go now because remember. We're, no, I don't think nobody else. WWE might not be thinking this way, but if Owens Goldberg lasts longer than eighty nine seconds, that makes that makes Brock look horrible, mm-hmm. essentially. And also, how do you like get you built Goldberg up to be this dominant force? How do you actually get to beat Goldberg? And also, you jump him. And also, at the same time, after this, Owens and Jericho should be for the Universal Title. It should be because Jericho's been saying since basically December, no, maybe even November that. It would be great that me and my best friend main event WrestleMania for the Universal title. So, essentially, I think this match should be for the Universal title. If you got Triple H, if you got Owen signed with Triple H again, and he's so-called with Joe as well, you maybe you could find a way out of that Goldberg match. But they're not thinking about making Brock look bad at all. I'm sure that 89 seconds thing was too long for, too mm-hmm. long for them to remember anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but Owen and Jericho should be for the Universal title match because they've been excellent together, and Jericho's been adamant about hey, we should just have this match and be best friends and we'll still be the Universal Champion. Yeah. Um, it'd be a great payoff yeah. to have that be a WrestleMania Tremendous match payoff. Universal title. Um, if, I think I said this to Derek and Russ uh, yesterday, that if Jericho was to win the Universal title at WrestleMania, I don't care what else happens on that show, <laughs> that is the biggest ovation of the night. Uh, can you think of anything that tops that? With no. that crowd? No. Because I can't. I, that, by far, kills it. Bailey could could have a great, great match win the title. So, heel Sasha could win the title. It does not matter. Nothing. Everything else will pale in comparison to that. Um, and I do think, though, that with Joe and Triple H in his corner, or even just Joe, that, that could be the way that he overcomes Goldberg. For sure, yeah. And it keeps... The title where I think it should be, and it, it doesn't make Brock Lesnar look bad, and I think it just falls perfectly into place if we do it that way. And it shows us in a beautiful way that we don't always know what's happening. Like, maybe they are a little bit smarter than we give them credit for sometimes. Eh, I wouldn't go that far, but... Well, the, the only reason I'll say it is we, I think we all kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that Goldberg's going to beat Owens at Fastlane. And that match with Goldberg and Lesnar was going to be for the Universal Championship. Now they've given us some doubt. They've given us some reason to think it could be either one now. So we go into fast lane not really knowing what's going to happen. Um, so I'm interested to see. But, yeah, that segment, I salute whoever was Perfect. involved in creating it. They pulled out all the stops. And then you even had the, the part of Jericho actually, like, putting the goofiness aside and saying, no, look, have, like, 
this has been one of my favorite years in my career, and a lot of that has to do with me doing this with you. Like, you're like my brother, and then it turns the way it does. It's like, wow, it, it was great. Um, we got Rome, well, Roman requests a match with Braun. Stephanie wouldn't give it to him. Um, Strowman got a match with the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Um, but real barn burner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We got Just Roman. The Fury. Yeah, we got Roman against Gallows and Anderson. And I gotta say, even though it wasn't a win for Roman, you have to love when Roman comes out looking stronger than your tag team. Yeah, it's <laughs> not really how you book a match of this. I mean, how do you have your tag team? They've done nothing for Gallows and Anderson since they've come to WWE. I feel bad for those two guys. I mean, they got the titles now, but they make them look weak as. All hell every every time they're out there. I I, I don't understand. Yeah, um, Roman was warned. Don't get involved in Braun's match. If it does, it'll it'll basically what was it that he was? Uh, if he interfered, it would cost him what his match at Fastlane, something like that. And so he he waits till the second the bell rings at the end of the match to come down. Um, Strowman got the better of it. I enjoyed. The transition of the spear into the power slam. Um, I thought that was a good spot between those two. But is anybody, either one of you, excited to see this at Fastlane? I'm interested. Joey? Not so much. Is there a chance that a good match with Roman would raise Braun a level in your eyes? It has to be. Just so sold again. No, it, it, it has to be a really solid match. And I have to see something. More than Braun just trying to look big. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's not enough? No. You're no. not Vince being big isn't enough? Like, Roman could carry the match a little bit, and then Braun could do his big guy, like, slam and forearm smash. He'd have to sell some things for me. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what we get. Yeah, I'm interested, because Roman, he's, he's even got matches out, good matches out of the big show, even though Braun's no big show and all. But I'm interested to see what they have, what they do, because Braun's going to play that the big, strong guy. And Roman, he'll, he'll, he'll play the, the typical baby face. But I'm interested to see how they'll play this match out. Uh, me too. Uh, women's division. We had a title match between Bailey and Charlotte. Uh, another Raw title match. <laughs> Bailey wins the title on Raw, as Charlotte seems to consistently lose the title on Raw. Um... I'm not going to say a whole lot about this match. Um, I thought it was good. I didn't think that it reached the heights that of anything that Sasha and Charlotte did. Definitely not. Um, it's kind of anticlimactic. What I will ask, though, I think, or maybe this isn't even me asking a question, I think that they did such a good job of building the women on Raw with giving them main event spots. They main evented a pay-per-view. They had main event matches on Raw. That now when they're in the main event overall, it's not a big deal. It's like almost not good for them because it takes some of that, not the luster off it, but doesn't seem like as big of a deal, but it's good as, as in it almost, they've almost gotten them to equal footing with the men on that show. Well, my thing with that is every time it's the main event, the title changes hands, so you kind of already know what happens. That's yeah, true. It's a good you point. You can predictable in that way, like. and it's getting the same player. In Were you both expecting Charlotte. the title change? I was. Kind of. Given the math. Yeah, because I remember um, when Joey left, we had a question last week. I kept saying, every time Charlotte kind of bloviates about beating somebody, especially on Raw, she technically loses. That's always that's been the thing. That's been the thing with Charlotte. 
were either one of you as disappointed as I was that we didn't get the Sasha heel turn on Monday? No, because I, I think it's a slow build. Because um, you got, did you give your thoughts thoughts on the match yet? I thought it was good. I thought not a phenomenal match, but I thought it was good. Joey, it was okay. Like I said, I just this the whole predictability of it kind of ruined it for me. I um, liked the uh, the standing dragon sleeper. I also liked when Charlotte hit the neck breaker, but held it mm-hmm. for a, for like a couple minutes. Almost as if she had her in a submission. How about the moonsault? The moonsault was the bar- pretty brutal. The barricade. That was a good spot. Mm. And Bailey, she does a, a hell of an elbow drop. Beautiful. She has a really good elbow drop. I give her credit for it. I hope she keeps doing it. Um, and I liked I liked that Sasha employed the uh, the crutch. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I didn't think it made any sense for Dana to get involved because where is she? Be- yeah, that's my note. <laughs> they just pull her out whenever they want to. Throw her out there. Because like, uh, you know what? Me and Charlotte don't talk anymore. But uh, maybe I'll run out here and get involved in we this. We haven't done anything with Dana in a while. Let's just sit her out with Charlotte mm-hmm. again. Yeah, those, those implants r- brought her up like yeah. a flotation device. <laughs> yeah. But um, I thought the match was fine. The one thing you could say about the one thing you can't you can say about Charlotte's matches and when she defends the women's title and her opponents is. They legit hate her because mm-hmm. Charlotte bought out, bought out of a fire out in Bailey. It's not like the Charlotte Sasha chemistry, but you could tell like didn't Bailey like slap her in the face mm-hmm. early in the match? So you cannot take that away from Charlotte, Charlotte, because she gets people to legit hate her. Even yeah. the fans, they legit hate her, and, mm-hmm. you, and you can buy into it. Bailey winning on Raw, like I said, when women get made, every time the women have made a run of Raw, even going back to 2000, the first time it happened, but that had like inclusion from Triple H cutting on the Rock, leading win the title. When the technical one time it was just technically women in 2004, it was Lita and Trish. The title changed hands every time yeah. it main events raw, it essentially changes hands. And I didn't mind Bailey winning. I thought Dana Brooke coming out made no sense because we haven't seen Dana Brooke on Raw in weeks. Sasha I thought was perfect because earlier in the night, even the last couple of weeks, Charlotte's been attacking mm-hmm. Sasha Banks backstage, put, trying to trying to constantly put her down. And like that, Charlotte locked in figure eight. Charlotte Sasha comes down with the crutch, nails it. Bailey to belly. I thought it was perfect. A lot of people are saying that, well, this is the question I got to you guys before I, before I continue. Mm-hmm. Did they rush this, to, in your opinion? I feel like they did. Um, yeah. Because I feel, I, I said this last week, I didn't I didn't feel like they put Bailey in a position where I felt like she was a champion. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I thought they rushed it a little bit. I mean, the first couple matches they had Bailey on, she was constantly losing and then they just threw into the title picture kind of to break up the Sasha Charlotte and just kind of like out of nowhere and then here we are she's champion okay because I know you I know you were advocating that after Survivor Series mm-hmm. it should have been Bailey Charlotte yeah but Sasha still had technically her, her rematch again mm-hmm. so so they so they, they put that on the back burner so all, a lot of the steam <clears throat> A lot of the steam from Survivor Series died out between yeah. died out, died off between those two. Mainly end up facing Dana Brooke, but I don't I don't want to say they rushed it, but they kind of had to do this because if Bailey doesn't have the title, why does Sasha turn on Bailey? There, there'll be no reason for her to, to actually turn on Bailey unless she has a title. Because I've been saying for months, going back to the, September, they built for Clash of Champions when they had the triple threat. Sasha said Bailey when it comes to that title, I have no friends. Yeah, and. There's no reason for Sasha to turn on Bailey if she doesn't, if she doesn't have the title, because that's what Sasha, Sasha supposedly cares about is that title. Now, at at um fast lane, I'm sure we'll get a rematch because Charlotte's gonna want her rematch, and I don't know if I don't. That's right. I assume we get the rematch. I don't know if we're gonna end up getting an episode of Raw or whatever, but I think that's where we get the Sasha heel turn is at fast lane. 
And but, but the problem I have with this is I think that Bailey's like as a super fan or whatever. I know wrestling's all about moments and all, but Bailey being that super fan, you always remember the moment. But the fact that it didn't happen at a higher level, maybe let's say WrestleMania, I think whenever Sasha turns heel on Bailey, that's going to overshadow Bailey's title win in that moment because Sasha her turning heel that moment will be greater than Bailey than Bailey's title winning moment yeah I agree the one thing I did like was that she celebrated in the crowd yeah we talked about her being a fan the ultimate fan so I thought it was good that they had that celebration segment at the end um we got the Emelina debut. He waited 17 months for the makeover of Emma into Emelina. Did we really get a debut? Now you'll see the makeover from Emelina to Emma. So there's that. Dual personalities, maybe? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. I I read something this morning that said they kind of wanted her to be like a Sable type character, and they started to worry like maybe maybe she's not suited for that character. So they just decided against it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So they still unveiled it just uh we get another detract 17 it? weeks down to wait for Emma? I don't know. but Maybe she'll find some gloves that fit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, some full gloves. Some adult women's gloves. Yes. She uh, likes the half gloves. Yeah, we had uh, the New Day coming out with their ice cream blueprints. The shower they were going to give everybody ice cream. Kofi had a match against Bo. Uh, I really enjoyed Bo doing Kofi's dance. <laughs> he ultimately stole the blueprints, destroyed them, which brought Woods to tears. So good. Kofi gets a quick win. Uh, we had Sheamus and Cesaro arguing with Enzo and Cass. Cesaro makes short work out of Enzo. Tag division is in shambles right now on Raw. It's always been. I feel like we've had like little moments where it hasn't been, though. And it's just, I, I don't know what they're doing or where they can go with it. Keyword there is moments. They've never stuck to a solid picture. There's moments, little glimpses. Yeah. I, I was talk, telling you guys, on, telling, this, telling this to you guys on Sunday, I think it's time to break the New Day up. Because they've been doing nothing since they won, lost the tag title. Even when they, when they had a title, they were doing nothing, essentially. They're designing ice cream. I think a couple weeks ago, they weren't, they, they weren't on Raw, I think. I th- I'm almost probably. Yeah, there was a week they weren't. Yeah, it was a week they weren't a raw. It was refreshing because. I was gonna say, I, I, and I didn't exactly miss them. Yeah, because I, I talked to them earlier in the show about the Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins thing, the um the 15 20 minute promo. New Day is one of those groups that they sat up there for 15 20 minutes to cut a promo, and essentially we got we get tired of it, and it's not it's not it doesn't always hit, especially as a big face. It's not always going to hit. Yeah. So I think you can get a lot of run out of actually splitting these guys up. I think Woods will be the odd man out. I don't. I wish that would. I, I don't want that, but I think that that'd be like better for the long haul to actually split these guys up. Uh, I definitely would. I think it would make a lot of sense. Although, well, maybe that's where a tag team like the Revival comes in to to step into their place. Um, I do. I do think there's good things you could do with all three of those guys individually. Yeah, I think is is Woods in the cruiserweight limit. He could be. Yeah, I think he's. I think definitely for sure he could. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's close to a five. You could sell that though. You. I mean, come on. I don't know. I was saying. How honest are they about their weights all the time? Yeah. Like as soon Tony as they needs. said the cruiserweights were going to be on one of the shows, I um. I thought Woods had a possible future in the cruiserweight division. Um, He'd be a great cruiserweight addition. I think he would too. Um, obviously, as an established character, has a lot of personality. He'd bring a lot to that division. Big E, I think would be great as 
a U.S. champion. I think he could be a world champion at some point. I think he's kind of found himself. Um, I think he could be a very, very entertaining. And I know Woods has always said one of his goals with the New Day was to get Kofi a world title, which is another guy I'd be really proud of if he won a world title. Or, or if you want, find a way to send the New Day to SmackDown. Because mm-hmm. they'll benefit from SmackDown because they don't got to go out there and talk for 15, 20 minutes. Right. That's a, another good point. And they are apparently going to redraft at some point during the summer. So they could end up there. Um, cruiserweight division, we get a little more build towards uh, Neville and Gallagher, who's always entertaining. Uh, not to use an umbrella pun, but he rained on Neville's parade a little bit. <laughs> um, we had Gallagher against Noam Dar with his girlfriend, Alicia Fox. Um, You've been waiting for that one. I have been waiting all show to say I Alicia tell. Fox. Um, Gallagher's music is incredible. <laughs> really, everything about him is great. Um, he got a quick win. Neville walked out, but there was no confrontation. He just held the title up. Um, do you think Neville loses it to Gallagher at no. Fastlane, or do you think he holds it until I think he holds it. I think he holds it. think he holds it past WrestleMania? Or do you um, think they have their mindset on Gallagher getting this thing? I think they. I think he holds it past WrestleMania. There's like I've been like real hard in the cruiserweight division, but I actually think it's good that you introduce guys later, not all at one time, mm-hmm. because like the inter, the, intro, the instruction on that and Neville was perfect because it's like okay, we, now we got Neville in the division. Yeah, some guys will fall through the cracks if you throw them all out there yeah, together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, Austin Aries. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he, had a, he had a line. He's like, yeah, um, Jack Gallagher does, a, does the second best running drop kicking I've ever seen. First one is mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to give you guys both credit for, like, Alo. I know when we went to that NXT show last year, you were super excited to see Austin Aries. Joey, I know you gave me my first ever Austin Aries match to watch. <laughs> no uh, more. So, yeah, so I got to give you guys both credit for for turning me on to Austin Aries before he got officially into WWE. Um, yeah, I have high hopes to see what he's going to do when he's back in the ring. Um, and I think maybe now they'll give him more leeway character-wise because he's proven himself so effective as a commentator. Um, Can he have a journalist gimmick? I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. I remember when Bobby Heenan, and you may remember this, Alo, you probably don't, when Bobby Heenan used to proclaim that he was a broadcast journalist. <laughs> um, there's a precedent for it, so I wouldn't mind seeing Austin Aries try to take up <laughs> to that mantle. Revisit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Akira Tozawa against Arya Davari with his mentor, Brian Kendrick, on commentary. Um, good match. I think Tozawa's great. I hope that they're able to get him over. He's not going to be... Nakamura by any stretch, but I think he's another guy who can add a lot to the cruiserweight division. Joey, do you see good signs for the cruiserweight division in their future, or do you think they're kind of stuck where they are? Where we were a couple months ago it was kind of where, but um, where we've come to now and where what I'm seeing, I'm kind of hopeful and I'm kind of looking forward to it. How I mean, much more will you have to see to start watching 205 Live every week? That's tough because it's not even just on 205 that I don't watch it. It's just the time indictment mm-hmm. that we kind of face right now with mm-hmm. um, throwbacks and two shows. <laughs> and I don't know if I have any more time to devote to it. I do go back and watch some 205 matches. Like I watched the uh, the, the five-way for the number one contenders because I heard it was a solid match. Mm-hmm. And I will watch it from time to time. I was watching it before we started filming tonight. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I, it's got my interest, which is always a good thing. And I like the wrestlers. That it has got. your interest, but not your undivided attention yet. I would say yes. Okay. Halo, what do you think? Cruiserweights are in a better spot now. Do you look? Do you see good things for the future, or do you think they're kind of stuck? Well, I don't get to watch a full episode of 205 Live, so Joe, you could speak. You could speak for me. Um, are they actually like doing cruiserweight things? Are, well, I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole and say cruiserweight things. Are, are they they doing anything close to the cruiserweight classic, like match wise? Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen some good matches. Like I, I watch it, it's always entertaining. Um, my concern was more character development, which is something they're kind of doing more of. Um, and the matches have gotten better. Okay, because like, cause I've, I've said this before, like, when they're on Raw, they're just going out there and being guys. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, like, separating themselves from from the, from the, other, guys on the, from the other guys on the roster anymore. And I'm not, I'm not sure if you said this I, or I heard this somewhere, but nowadays these cruiserweights, I mean, well, the, 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 um, the guys who are in the cruiserweight division, for example, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, they mm-hmm. do a lot of things that the cruiserweights do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you said that. I don't know. It's possible. I, I've heard from. I heard if from. I did. Someone, I don't remember saying. It. I heard it from someone, but that that's a fact. So the things they do, the things that the cruiserweights do, is not as special as it used to be. But they have to do something to actually go out there and stand out. I know, like Grand, Grand Metal League, he made his debut last night, I believe. So I'm excited yeah. to see him. So they're bringing in new. They're, like, they're bringing in guys constantly. So I'm excited to see that. But they have to go out there and be more than just guys. Because even now, TJP is getting destroyed out there. Yeah. On SmackDown, he did his interview. With his promo for two for love, he got booed. Mm-hmm. He's got limited mic skills. Yeah, and he kind of looks like he's reading a script right now. Well, Joey had it on. I wasn't watching it. I was like a little bit further away in the room, but I heard it. And you know, I was like, just way too many, too many words, too long, too much to say, too little. Like I mentioned earlier, I credit SmackDown for doing so much with so much less, and T.J. Perkins is. Getting so much less out of so much more. Don't say so many words. Like they, they got to work with with these guys. Like where T.J. Perkins comes from, the promo wasn't that important. The character wasn't that important. It is important where he is now. Yeah. Like you have to find a way to develop that. Yeah. Because in in, in the Cruiserweight Classic, they were just like, okay, go out there and have a match. But in WWE on Raw, there is a WWE style, and that WWE style isn't allowing them to actually. Work on their but like that style is not actually letting you actually like kind of like steal our hearts yeah. like you did in the Cruiserweight Classic mm-hmm. because in Cruiserweight Classic you didn't really you you didn't really need a character like Brian Kendrick stood out because he had a character but T.J. Perkins didn't have a character yeah. he just stood out because he was actually had work his own style. Mm-hmm. See, I, I mentioned this when we were watching it earlier. T.J. has got to repackage himself if he wants to have any kind of success. He needs to work on his mic skills a little bit if he wants to have any success. No one doubts his in-ring ability. It's just the other things that you kind of need, the other factors you need to be in this level. Yeah, like I don't want to see him end up in Apollo Crews territory. Does, he does smile. <laughs> he does. Uh, last bit from Raw, we had Samoa Joe's sit-down interview with Michael Cole. Damn. I thought it was excellent. It was great. It was, it was superior. The only thing I could think watching this is – why the hell was Joe not here years ago? <laughs> yeah, like, damn. You got right. all what Joe was, and that's... Mm-hmm. that's. Yeah, he discusses himself as a destroyer, why he's doing what he's doing. He rips apart Zami Zayn. Um, but is it maybe better that it took him so long? Because, one, I think 
he knows how big of an opportunity this is. So he's going to be firing on all cylinders. And I think in a more crowded WWE roster that we had for the last few years, he might not have had a chance to shine, whereas now he does. Um, and he's got a lot of... There's a lot of build-up behind him. Like, it's given him a good story to come in with. Yeah, it took him so it's given him a lot of fuel. Yeah. Um, but I love that segment. And then Sammy coming out and rebutting him like, yeah, you aren't me. And then he sneaks up on Sammy and just destroys him. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I'm really excited for what they're doing with Samoa Joe. Yeah. I thought the promo was great. I, I I loved how offended he got when Cole kept saying, "Why wait?" He kept asking Cole, "Why you talking about Triple H?" Mm-hmm. I loved it. And then Cole also said, "Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, Batista, Triple H all turned his back on these guys." And Joe's response was perfect, saying, "I don't need to be propped up. I'm already a made guy." Yeah. I thought that was perfect. So Joe, you you were happy with this? Segment. Oh, I loved it. I loved every every second of it. And I mean, again, you just see that raw emotion that Joe. I mean, come, TJP takes some notes. Watch this guy. <laughs> Watch the way he delivers it. <laughs> like you said, getting a lot out of a little. Do you think within a year we see Samoa Joe as a world champion in WWE? Well, or do you con- think we have a little too crowded of a field? I think it might be a little longer than a year. But it's not going to be too much longer. You might get it in the uh, maybe 7 to 13 month range. Yeah. Halo, do you see him as a world champ in the near future? He'll be in a title scene. I don't think he'll win it. Cause I, cause I can see him feuding with Finn Balor whenever Finn gets back. And yeah. we'll, get, we'll, we'll get that again. Yeah, and they put some great NXT matches together. So I'm looking forward to him working with Sami Zayn, too. Um, so, Raw, I think a, a pretty weak show overall, but a good last hour. Good open, great last hour. Yeah. Alo, what, what were your thoughts on Raw? Oh, Raw, Raw was pretty good. It was pretty good. Still not uh, touching SmackDown for me, though. No, it, it's just a superior show. Um, before we get into some questions, I wanted to mention I didn't watch NXT this week, but last Thursday, uh, the three of us, along with our other co-host, Eric Trambicki, I my best friend, friends of the show, Mike Day and Josh Aguina, went to see NXT at the Tower Theater on the outskirts of Philadelphia. It's the fourth time I've seen an NXT live show. The fifth, if you count the live show they did at the Performance Center. Um, it is very clear that, one, it is much more of a developmental territory now than it was when I first saw them two years ago. Two years ago, I got to see Kevin Owens. I got to see Finn Balor. I got to see Tyler Breeze, Enzo and Cass. I got to see the Four Horsewomen. Um, I got to see Alexa Bliss. I got to see Baron Corbin. All these people that I saw on those first two NXT shows I saw in 2015, they're all stars on the main roster now. Like they're they're not just guys there. They're they're prominent parts of both of those shows. When we saw them last year, it dipped a little bit, but like we got to see Asuka, we got to see Samoa Joe, uh, we got to see Balor in his return, we got to see Austin Aries. Did not have the same feel to it. Like it was as big of a deal. Um, Joey, I know you did enjoy the show. Of course. Um, just from a match quality standpoint. Yeah, the matches were really good. I mean, you got to see Glorious. <laughs> I was happy to see that. And Shinsuke. 
Yeah. Red Shoes. Well, you just brought <laughs> Red Shoes stole the show? So while I did ultimately enjoy the show, and I had a fun night, I have one gripe, which actually comes from a compliment. I don't remember the guy's name, who was Angela Dawkins' tag team partner. But he was wearing very prominent red sneakers while Angela Dawkins wore very prominent white sneakers, both high tops. Just to show you that in wrestling, you can't always plan what is going to catch on. Sometimes you just have to listen to the crowd. The crowd started chanting for this guy's red shoes and got behind him. It added so much heat behind Sanity, who they were in the match with. Added so much of like a push from the crowd behind Dawkins and his partner. They were turning every chant in the book into a red shoes chant. <laughs> like, hey, we want some red shoes. Red shoes, will you be my girl? What else What else did we get? That was about it. I feel like we got a couple more. Yeah, we got more. a couple more. There was a couple more. What was varieties. it? Red shoes going to kill you? Red shoes Yeah, red shoes going to kill you. We got, kill you, we got everything sure. short of let's go red shoes, red shoes suck. <laughs> um, it you was would, great in the moment. You never hear red shoes suck. Uh, no, background. you're right. That was but, just no. They ultimately lose their match to Sanity. Eric Young starts talking about the crowd and the city and saying there's no man here that could beat me, to which we get the surprise entrance of Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. My good friend Alo got to do his perfect 10 dance right next to me. It was a real treat to watch. If I had a card, I would have held up a 10 for you, Alo. Thank you. Um, You'd, it had to be a 9. <laughs> there was only one 10 in that building. <laughs> we got a really good match. Really good crowd through that match. We got to see Red Shoes come out to fight off the other two members of Sanity. Two huge applause from the crowd. But then something happened where we got a six-man tag match with Bobby Roode and the Authors of Pain. Or the Lords of Pain. No, it is Authors the Authors of Pain. Pain. I always mess that up because of John Canton's old website. Uh, against Shinsuke Nakamura and DIY. A match everybody should be looking forward to. Guys that everybody likes, especially Rude, Nakamura, and DIY. And through the whole match, Nakamura was reduced to Red Shoes chance because he was wearing red boots. At a certain point, realized this was fun while it lasted. Now let's shut up and enjoy Shinsuke Nakamura. Let's cheer for Shinsuke Nakamura for who Nakamura is. Let's not lump him in there with Red Shoes. To me, I felt like that was incredibly disrespectful to a guy who deserves much more from a crowd than Red Shoes Chance. The first time I got to see him, and I was extremely put off by it. I don't know if that's just the NXT IWC crowd or if that's our fans here in this area to blame. Did either of you take that from that, or am I the only one who took that as seriously as I did? The only one. <laughs> I didn't pay no mind. Yeah, I, was, I didn't pay any mind. I was into the match. I mean, I didn't even, until you mentioned and realized it that was going It took me on. out of the match. Well, my my problem with NXT is, especially now, like like you said, it's basically turned into a, a true developmental territory. Cause I cause I noticed, or it's a glorified indie show. Yeah. Well, it's not even. Not, uh, yeah, true. But also, all those guys that from a couple of years ago from the first NXT show, some of them were WWE made guys. Mm -hmm. Some weren't. For Sasha, she was on the in, she was on the indie scene, but she wasn't like in like a big promotion or a household name. She was no, she, she was super young. Yeah, she was yeah there. yeah she was like what nineteen twenty mm -hmm. or whatever. Bailey's basically a WWE product. Charlotte's a WWE product. Now, 
you're gonna get like these straight WWE product guy product people with no mainly like really no much of a background. Like we got Mandy Rose and Daria Baranato <clears throat> in a in a women's match. Um, we, we, along with Red Shoes, we, his tag he was team with Angelo Dawkins, and mm-hmm. I was saying Angelo Dawkins is like there's promise in that. There's promise in that. There's actually promise in that. It could team. be something. Yeah, it, it can be something. But like you said, like they like. It's kind of like a true developmental territory now, because all those people, like they, st- all of them, two years ago, they all stole our hearts. There was something special about all of them, and you had to turn to tune into NXT live, even on t- on the network, mm-hmm. every week. You, 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 I, I know I couldn't wait. I, I would have to watch every single week because they all took your took your heart away. Yeah, I would still say to anybody listening who has not taken in an NXT show, it is definitely worth the price of admission. You'll For have sure. a fun time. You'll see good wrestling. Um, Just keep an open mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do we have for questions this week, Halo? All right. We uh, and before I go, because I, I need to cut it and run mm-hmm. to answer your question, elaborate a little more. I don't think it's just a Philly crowd. I think that's just an independent team. Yeah. So it's just that. Yeah. That crowd of fans wherever you go. Yeah. Because NXT is like the workers' company. Mm-hmm. That's true. Joseph, thank you for being here. Always a pleasure. Thank we'll you. See, see you soon. guys very soon. All right. The first question comes from Dom Nolan, Lloyd, no relation. He says, how does the new SmackDown 6 stack up to the old SmackDown 6? His new SmackDown 6 is Bray Wyatt, Cena, AJ, Miz, Corbin, and Ambrose. Well, there's some unbelievably prominent guys in that SmackDown 6. I would say it's a little too early to tell, but I think that they could... uh, I don't think there's any limit to what those six can accomplish that are currently there. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I don't think this new SmackDown 6 stacks up to the old SmackDown 6 because the old SmackDown 6, they were actually fighting for something because they were trying to make SmackDown that show. So for essentially three, two, three months, they were going out there killing each other because I mentioned, I mentioned a lot of times at No Mercy 2002 in the Tag Team Championship Finals, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit against Edge and Rey Mysterio is probably the best tag team match I've ever seen in my life. That match is amazing. And they followed mm-hmm. up. They also had a best two out of three falls match on the episode of SmackDown. And then the culmination of the SmackDown 6 was at Survivor Series 02 and a triple threat match for the tag team titles. So they so like they were like they were out there for a purpose. Cause because Raw was always the A show. SmackDown was always the step the stepchild to Raw. Yeah. So the new SmackDown 6, they're not even like defined as a SmackDown 6 as those as those six were back in the day. And essentially for those guys, like Eddie was Eddie and all, but Eddie wasn't a, a made WWE guy. The only really made WWE guy that t- at the time in in the SmackDown Six, and it was actually world champion, was Kurt Angle. Yeah. So the all the all six of those guys actually had something to fight for. Oh uh, yeah, I, I take your point. Well said. Uh, oh, and Donovan, he just texted me, by the way. Okay. Oh, on behalf of all the Lloyds, no relation at all. <laughs> we hate David Otunga. <laughs> uh, all the Pasheries do too. Even the ones who don't watch wrestling. Even the ones who only ever watched I Love New York or whatever that show was. Oh, God. It, the, the marathon was on this past week. Uh, it was so. It, it, he was the, the final tilt. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. No, oh, he was the top final three. Oh, my God. This is so bad. Yeah. I got to see him on other programming. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. All right. We got another question from Tyro the Roblox Miles. Happy right. birthday, by the way, Tyro. Happy hey, birthday, Tyro. Thank you for the question. Roblox. All right. He has two questions. Okay. I might need some water for this one. All right. 
Man, that KO Jericho segment was the best segment I've seen in WWE, period, in the last two to three years. That really made me that really made KO a star and the best heel in the company after the Miz and Roman. So it got me to thinking, since WWE is lacking on stars, why not Goldberg beat Owens at Fastlane and set up the Owens Jericho match at, at WrestleMania and Brock beat Goldberg for the title? Since Brock's a part-time guy, the time when he's away, that'd be great that'd be a great opportunity to elevate the US title with Owens. And build up these other guys on Raw so that Brock has new opponents to work with the next time he's on TV instead of the same old faces. Rollins, Reigns, Goldberg, for example. You guys agree or disagree? As much as I don't want to see Goldberg win the title, and as much as I don't want to see Brock win it back from him, and I would like to see Jericho be in the title match at WrestleMania, if they do go that route and Brock does win the title, that does make the U.S. Championship more important. Um... You could help establish more credibility to that championship, as well as, like you said, develop some new guys for Brock to face when he comes back. So it's not my ideal thing to happen, but I do think there would be some long-term benefits to it if they did. Yeah, I agree there would be long-term benefits, but the thing is, will they really actually throw somebody in there with Brock that's, that's not one of their marquee guys, honestly? Like this, uh, yeah, probably not. Yeah, they, they wouldn't. It's like, it's like okay, Roman and Brock, they still have a thing, essentially. Seth and, Ro- Seth and Brock still have a thing, essentially, too. So I don't think they're actually going there with somebody new because that's, that's just how that's just their thinking because they're digging back f- stuff from four, what, 13, 14 years ago to, yeah. actually main, to actually be one of your eight main events for, for your WrestleMania 12 years, um, 14 years later, essentially, yeah. which makes no sense to me. Yeah. His other question is, what do you guys think is more important in wrestling, a great babyface or a great heel? I ask that because whenever wrestling was hot, it's usually when there's a great babyface that people could go, that people could really get behind. Hogan in the 80s, Goldberg and Austin in 98, The Rock in 2000, Cena and Batista in 2004, and Brock in 2015. <clears throat> While when there wasn't a great babyface hero, wrestling suffers for it because there was nobody to combat the evil, powerful heel like a Triple H, Ric Flair, in WCW slash NWA or Yokozuna in 93-94? So, first thing I'll say, Tyrell, I appreciate the way you set up that question because at the initial asking of the question, what's more important, baby face or heel, I was initially going to just say heel without even thinking about it. Because you need the person to hate, to root against, to give you incentive to root for the baby face. But the way that he uh, framed it as when wrestling has been at its biggest, it's been behind a huge baby face. That is actually that's a good point, and I think while the heel is important in most cases uh, to get you to invest, for wrestling to reach its heights, I think the huge baby face like that means that they found a way to tap into something that mass audiences are feeling. Stone Cold, it was kind of the anti-establishment. Hogan, it was like American exceptionalism. Uh, it's hard to find that. So when you do, um, it's a big deal. So I think on small scale, like within a match, within a weekly show, heels are very important. But over the course of a generation or an era of wrestling, I think the long term it probably is a baby face. Because when you find that one that connects, it, it, it kind of elevates the whole business. <sighs> See, I was going to say heel, but you because <laughs> you said long term, mm-hmm. which was the most important thing. So I can agree with that 
with that point, what you said. Now, a heel, what my, what my rebuttal was going to be about a heel is, I, a baby, when you, when you have such a great heel, because nowadays there's only like essentially three heels in the company, mm-hmm. Miz, and Sh- Miz Charlotte, and maybe that, that might be it because everybody, Bliss. Alexa Bliss, <laughs> but she gets cheered. Yeah. So all heels get cheered nowadays. And a great heel, heels speak on truths, basically. And it's not hard to, it's not hard to, hate, get, to hate somebody. So when you're a great heel... In that baby and you against the baby face, just put over you could it's it's not that hard to put over that baby face and actually get sympathy for this guy. It's not it, it's not really that hard. Right. But like you said, in the long term, you need that baby face to overcome all the odds. Capture the hearts and minds. And, yeah, and ca- and capture the hearts of everybody. So I do like that answer. <laughs> but I do think that the, that the heel is important in getting that guy and getting that guy because a, a heel can actually build sympathy. Yeah, a heel can make a baby face. A good yeah. heel can make a baby yeah. face. Uh, so it, it is a t- an interesting dynamic. Yeah. I mean, they both need each other. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, match to match, week to week, heels may be more important. But like the long term, I, I do think a, a good baby face gets generates more interest when you when you find that guy. They're just hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, and um, th- that kind of leads leads somewhat into our next question mm-hmm. from good friend, the Godfather of the podcast, Joe <laughs> Alright, this question for tonight. I love the idea of overrated and underrated. With that said, overrated or underrated from the 90s? Diesel slash Kevin Nash. That's a tough one for me because I am a Nash fan. Um, But he wasn't a great WWF champion. Um... But he, he did take part in one of the biggest things in wrestling history, which was the NWO. Although he also played a part in what ultimately killed that company. So, I don't dislike the guy, but I probably will say he's overrated. Um, I'm going to agree because, like I said, I didn't really care for WCW. Like, I knew what the NWO was mm-hmm. in a retrospect when it came to WWE. I watch like like you know when something new happens you always brush up on your knowledge. Yeah. You buy the DVD. So the NWA they had a, a DVD back in black right when they did a few months after they debuted at No Way Up 2002. So I was like okay this is what it is. So when Kevin Nash came when the NWA came to WWE Kevin Nash got hurt because wrestling Shawn Michaels came in and came in to the NWO. Kevin Nash got hurt mm-hmm. and then in 2003 he got he he, um, he was in the feud with Triple H over the World Heavyweight Title and. Those matches left a lot to be desired. I was like, that's it? <laughs> that's it? Even in 2001, when I did get a little dose of Kevin Nash, when he was broken already, yeah. starting, starting, starting to break down, he fought Scott Steiner a couple times. I'm like, this is it? Yeah. This, this is Kevin Nash? Like, even, even a young Ayla was like, this is it. <laughs> no amount of Capri Sun or yeah, Slammers. Yeah, 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 like, slammers or Jammers? Slammers. <laughs> no amount of Capri Sun or Slammers. Yeah, could give you. You weren't getting the uh, the sugar goggles. Yeah, yeah. As a character, he like he had a lot of charisma. Yeah, he he, he had the the quote unquote it factor about himself. But in the ring, I didn't see anything to be desired about Kevin Nash. Yeah, and also another reason I picked overrated is because there's no way he's underrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for the two thousands, Batista. It's overrated. Yeah. To me, Batista is one of the reasons I stopped watching. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I have nothing else to say okay. other than that, really. Okay, now, this kind of goes back and relates to Tyrell's question. Mm-hmm. Because after 
All right, when Batista, all right, when Orton left Evolution and he won the world title from Benoit, mm-hmm. and then he lost to Triple H, everybody was waiting for Batista to turn. So, like the last question we had about what's more important, a great heel or a great baby face, Triple H was that great heel mm-hmm. <clears throat> to get you to care about Batista. Because when Batista won the Rumble, it was Batista and Cena left in the Rumble. Everybody popped for Batista because they, they wanted him to face Triple H because they knew yeah. it was coming. And <clears throat> Triple H being the great heel put over Batista three months in a row. Triple H put over <laughs> Batista three months in a row. Triple H put over Batista three months in a row. So after that, in 2005, Batista's popularity, it kind of like, like fizzled out. In January, he dropped the world title due to injury, and that's when Kurt Angle won it. But I think, like, after that 2006, 2007, well, 2007 era, that was like the weird WWE holding pattern. I can understand yeah. why you stopped watching because you saw the same matches because the brand split was there, but you saw the same matches. It was constantly Batista, Undertaker, and Edge for the, for the world title. On Raw was Cena, Triple H, Jericho, and probably Orton. It was probably more Cena, Orton, Triple H. You got you saw those you saw that those three combinations more more than more than anything. And it was switched up. You see Batista, Orton, and those matches were, they left. They weren't good. There was nothing to be desired. Be desired yeah. from from that match. So after that whole initial Batista turn, like the moment he did the thumbs up, thumbs down, that would always be a great moment <laughs> in wrestling. It, it would always work because it was, it's what they did to Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. So that will always work. But after that, that's all he was. I think he's overrated. Even when he, they came back, people Vince thought he cared. People cared about Batista. They really didn't. So. Blue Tista. Blue Tista, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Blue Tista is rated perfectly. Blue Tista, overrated. In 2010, Alberto Del Rio. So, again, this was a time when I wasn't watching. Um, but I think I'm going to go with underrated. I've seen some stuff. And I'll always have a lot of love for Juan Cena. <laughs> I'll always pop for that. Our buddy Greg Gilligan will say it every time we see a John Cena match. Makes me laugh every time. Um, and I just think, in general, I think he's underappreciated. I think he's actually good in the ring. I think he can be a good character when given something to work with. Uh, he's shown it in other promotions. Um, so I'm going to say underrated. Now, you, But you would be able to answer this one better than me. Well... When Del Rio came in, I'll say it's kind of hard because when he came in, they pushed him hard. They really did push him really hard. So, but later in the, later down the line, he got back to the mid card where I think he belonged to begin mm-hmm. with. When he, but when he first came in, he was a bit different. He had the cars. He had his own ring announcer. So he was he was really flashy. The own ring announcer is an awesome touch, by the way. Yeah, it, it was perfect. And. He had that long feud with Mysterio when he first when he first came in, which 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 was way too long. If there was a time I almost stopped watching, especially SmackDown, because SmackDown when Del Rio came in, this was the part when SmackDown was like fading out, and it was basically legit the B show. Yeah, maybe you could even say a C show <laughs> because it was like nothing ever really happened on SmackDown, even though they were just he was a SmackDown specific talent. He had the Rey Mysterio stuff, and then. He won the Rumble, which I thought was shocking, and then he had stuff with Edge. He didn't win the title from Edge. He won, He would end up winning it. Well, he won Money in the Bank. He, he, they gave him a lot 
really fast. He won Money in the Bank, won the Rumble. He, he ended up um, cashing in on Cena and Punk in a triple threat match to be the WWE champion. He won it two more times that year, I believe. But also overrated for me because he never actually did anything character-wise for me to really remember. Yeah. Now, he's great. Now he's like he's a good hand, but mm-hmm. I never actually, like, got it. Like, he did, like, he he had things to make himself stand out, but I never, like, got the real hype about Del Rio. Right. And last answers for all these guys overrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you can make a case for any one of those. I just wanted to have at least one one positive one in there. <laughs> Uh, and I think that is it for the night. So no more questions. Alo, any anything wrestling related you want to say before we get out of here? Lucha Underground and chill when I get home. <laughs> um, no Way Out 2004 is available. Also, and um, check out our, our latest un- unsanctioned with Gary. Hi, Di- Gary Diudolo. Diudolo. Check that Check that out. And uh, tell your friends to get with our friends. We do this every Wednesday night. Five star, five star, five star, five star, five star reviews on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitch. So that's the show for... Oh, one more thing. Oh, go ahead. I want to thank you, Vladimir Kozlov, if you're listening. Thank you for <laughs> supporting the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you remember that. Yeah. I told you I'd forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that is the show. For the recently departed, Mr. Sexy Punakana, C.K. Joe Rockermill. Did Vanguard one take him? <laughs> I think he did. He teleported <laughs> right home. Um, for uh, the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Talking all of they, talking all of they. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.